Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a blessed praise. And we beseech him to send his peace and blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his family, al-Ashraf, his companions, the Sahaba, and those who follow them until the end of time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many places in the Quran commands us to be observant of his religion to the best of our ability. As he says subhanahu wa ta'ala, Be dutiful to Allah with all of your might as best you can. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he commanded us to observe the commands of this deen also within the framework of our ability. When he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَمَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِهِ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُمَ اسْتَطَعْتُمْ What I commanded you, perform it to the best of your ability. The word istita'a encompasses any means we could use, whether emotionally, whether intellectually, whether physically, whether communally, whether financially, or whether physically, to improve things and to be committed to Allah. As for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي بِاللَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say, he doesn't say if you speak Arabic, حَيَاتِ وَمَوْتِي Mahya وَمَمَاتِي means say that my entire life and my entire death are for Allah. Not just a moment, not just a part, but everything. In order to achieve that type of relationship, we want to talk about one of the keys, and that is strength. 
Al-Quwwah. And oftentimes people misunderstand the role of strength and its relationship within religion. In fact, sometimes we find people saying, you shouldn't work for strength, you shouldn't work to be strong. Sallim amrak Allah. Just submit your affairs to Allah. But this goes against the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Sallam who said, Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi Khayrun Wa Ahabbu Ila Allahi Min Al-Mu'mini Al-Da'if That the strong believer, the believer who has achieved strength is more beloved to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala than the weak believer and each of them are good. And also the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Sallam who taught us through his example to put forth maximum effort and to never surrender our utility, our agency, or our strength to anyone but Allah. And in fact, the, the, the Muslim that has basira, the Muslim that has insights, and sees with the light of Allah, understand that to have strength in dunya is to be free to be the slave of Allah. That's the purpose. And that's why the Prophet وسلم, in that hadith from Imam Muslim, when he will walk to the masjid, he will say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika an udhil aw udhal. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from shaming anyone and being shamed by someone else. And the Prophet and the hadith also from Al-Bukhari and Muslim used to say regularly in the morning and in the evening that he sought refuge in Allah min ghalabati dayn wa ahri rijal. I seek refuge in Allah from being overcome by death because death is a way to take away someone's agency and strength. And also I seek refuge in you, Ya Allah, from being conquered by anybody. So there is a mistake oftentimes that we hear that we should not work for strength or work to preserve our independence or to work to preserve, preserve our agency. And this goes against the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is more than just clothes, which is just more than using a miswak, which have their importance, but the greater sunnah one of them is to have the freedom to use our agency to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He commands us to work for strength. He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you must prepare for them from your strength. It was also the way of the prophets to make dua for and work for strength. For example, we find that Sayyidina Hudi says to his people, if I had the strength, or I had the ability to seek refuge in a strong pillar, meaning if I had the ability to defeat you with strength that I don't have, that Allah wouldn't give me, or the ability to find security to push you away from harming me, I would do it. We understand that the wishes of the Anbiya are part of our Sharia. Also, we find in the Quran other examples where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the prophets to achieve strength. 
فَخُوذُ مَا آتَيْتُكْ بِقُوَّةٍ Allah says to Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu salam, cling to what we have given you with strength. يَا يَحْيَا خُوذُ الْكِتَابَ بِقُوَّةٍ Oh Yahya, cling to the book with quwa. Here quwa doesn't mean just quwa to idraq. That you invest in understanding, but that you create and you scale around you a way that allows you to cling to what Allah has commanded you with strength. Within the epistemology of Islamic theology, strength has an important definition. Number one is the strength to worship. The strength to worship freely. That's why from the maqasr al-sharia is protection of the religion, hifth al-deen. And that's why the Prophet he taught Sayyidina Mu'adh radiallahu anhu after every prayer to say what? Allahumma inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. Oh Allah, help me, fortify me to remember you, to thank you, and to perfect my worship. And that's why in Surah Al-Fatiha, in every salah, we say what? إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ you alone worship, and you alone we seek for help. To what? To worship. The second meaning of strength within the epistemology of Islamic theology is the strength to protect ourselves from anyone that will harm us or keep us from worshiping Allah and living a dignified life. Living a life of dignity, as we see now, the massacre and the genocide happening in Gaza. We see every day today, 43 people died in an intensive care ward in one hospital out of 63. Infants and children are dying because we don't have the ability to protect ourselves and to be strong. So the second definition, that's why Sufyan Thawri radiallahu anhu used to say, Al-Maru Silahatul Mu'min. That wealth is the weapon of the believer. Meaning that wealth can lead potentially to strength, the ability to protect ourselves. And that's why Sayyid Ibn Al-Musayyib, Imam Al-Tabi'een used to say, La khayra, there's no good in someone who doesn't have enough money to worship Allah, to pay off her debts, his debts, and to protect themselves. The third definition that we find for strength within Islamic theology is the ability to use our strength to heal a fractured world and to bring good to society and to help others. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrija linnasi ta'muruna bil ma'ruf wa tanhawna anil munkari wa tukminuna billah. That you are the best community sit to people and hear the word li lamul fa'ida to benefit people mara'at al-masanih wal-mafasid to bring good to the world to heal a fractured world as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he describes the person who embraces Islam as dead and then alive awaman kana maytan fa'ahyaynahu faj'alna lahu nuran yamshi bihi fi nas so our discussion briefly is on strength and in the context of the situation we see at hand thinking about how we can build strength 
to worship, build strength to protect ourselves, and build strength to spread the beautiful message in the light of Al-Islam. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when something is very important in the Quran, He commands the prophets, alayhim salam and He commands their followers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Sayyidina Musa, فَخُذْهَا فَخُذْ مَا بِقُوَّةِ فَخُذْهَا بِقُوَّةِ Hold on to it with strength. Then later on, He says to the followers of Sayyidina Musa, Give, take what we have given you with strength. So just as he orders Sayyidina Musa to cling to it with strength, he orders his followers to cling to it with strength to show the importance of strength. Within Islamic law, we see the strength are what we call from means. Means. They give us the ability to do things. Not the ma'asid, not the goal, but the means. And we have a very important principle, al-wasailu laha ahkamul maqasid. That it means take the ruling of their objectives. So just as wudu, it became obligatory to pray, because without wudu there's no prayer. How many things in our life, without strength, we will be incapable of performing them. So therefore we understand that there are times where strength is fardain, fard kifayat, sunna'iniyya, sunna kafa'iyya. That there are times when strength is a communal obligation, an individual obligation, a recommended communal practice, or an individual communal practice. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, malikul mulk, and yutina al-quwa wal-izzah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us strength and to give us ability and to give us khayr. Aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah ali wa lakum fastaghfiru innahu al-ghafur rahim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa la udwana illa ala al-gharimeen. Wa sarallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad khatim al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. على آله وصحبته أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم عليه في الأولين وفي الآخرين وفي الملئ الأعلى يا رب العالمين. In the first khutbah, we talked about the importance of strength, the importance of not giving up our utility or surrendering Allah's qahar. Allah is the only one we should be completely dominated by subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we talked about the meaning of strength within the Islamic epistemological framework, the strength to practice our deen, the strength to protect ourselves and our families, and finally the strength to heal a fractured world. The Quran was sent to heal and to bring remedies. We have also another very important principle that strength is from the fadl of Allah. Allah gives strength to who He wants. And for that reason, anything which is a fadl, it comes with certain etiquettes. It comes with adana. Like, for example, the blessing of knowledge. If someone has knowledge, 
and they failed to use it, the Prophet said, The person who will be punished the most in the hereafter is someone Allah gave them knowledge and they failed to use it. Or wealth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give someone wealth. Either they will be generous or they will be like Qarun. And they will be asked about their wealth. The same thing also applies to strength. So therefore we want to talk briefly, especially in the context of what's happening, the massacre of Palestinians and Palestinian children and civilians and society, the war crimes and war criminals that are contributing to the destruction and devastation through the Zionist state of Palestinians. The first that we mentioned is to know that strength is from Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that they will know those who are punished in the hereafter, that strength belongs solely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Surah Allah gives power and authority to who He wants. And He strengthens and lowers who He wants. And He is the sole controller of all things. The second etiquette after understanding the quwa is from Allah is to believe it and to affirm it. That's why the long hadith of Sayyidina Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu who says, Kunna fi safrin sallallahu We were traveling with the Messenger of Allah as related by Al-Bukhari. And every time we would go up or down, people would yell, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And the Prophet said to them, Ya Nas, O people, we're not calling someone who's dead or ghaib, who, who, who is absent. But you're calling the one who's Sami'an Alim, the one who hears and knows all things. So then Abu Musa he said, after the Prophet told us not to raise our voices so loud, I started to say to myself, La hawla wa quwwata illa billah. That there's no quwwa, there's no strength, no hawl, no change except with Allah. And then the Prophet said to him, Ya Abdullah ibn Qais. The Prophet said to him very nicely, Say that because that is from the treasures of Jannah. And the Prophet said, Whoever wakes up at night and after saying a number of beautiful adhkar finishes by saying, That there's no change in strength except from Allah. If they made dua, their dua will be accepted. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The second etiquette of quwa is to understand where my strength lies as a person. It's very important to know ourselves. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulu ar-ra'iyati. Every one of you is a shepherd and everyone will be asked about your flock. The first is myself. I have to look into myself and see what am I good at? Where are my passions? And then what do I have in my life that will help me achieve 
that strings. That's extremely important. Because if I don't understand my strengths and I don't know how to use them, I will not be able to translate that ambition for Allah. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Talut Zadahu Fil Ilmi Wal Jism Allah increased him in physical and intellectual strength. And Allah called physical, emotional, and intellectual strength mulk, authority. The third is to work with others. So no matter how strong I may be, no matter how successful I am, I have to understand, as the Prophet said, the hand of Allah is with the group. And Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu used to say, Al-Islam, Islam is the group. And when there's no group, there's no Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-Mu'minuna wal-Mu'minatu ba'duhum awliya'u ba'd. The believers are supporters of one another, men and women. And Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ You must cooperate to good and obedience and cooperate against sin and disobedience. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ That you must cooperate towards patience and the truth. That's why unity is one of the rare issues in Islam which is not only fard ayn, but also fard kifaya. It's not only an individual obligation to work for Muslim unity, it's a communal obligation to work for Muslim unity. And we wonder at this moment, why we're so weak? Look into your heart and see how many problems you have with Muslims. Oh Allah, don't put any anger towards the believers in our hearts. Don't divide. So my ability to use my talents in concert with others is an indication of my adherence to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Who the Sahaba said, the Prophet forbade us to be individuals forbade us to have that individualistic nature, the, culture, the cult of this era. And that's why we say, And that's why I like to tell people the word ummah, is a heavy word. And to really be an ummah means that we have invested in a very deliberate process of unity and accountability. The last, because of time, is two. The last two is to preserve it. If Allah has blessed you with strength, you have to preserve it. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said to those who memorize the book of Allah, be careful, memorize and, and review the book of Allah because it will escape you. And that's why the Quran and the Sunnah encourage us to protect our wealth. One of the best ways to protect our wealth is to give it to right causes, it will come back to us for who Allah says, Don't be like that woman who her rope break, broke after it was strong. 
Here it means she's inconsistent. One minute she's strong, one minute she's weak. We should work for consistency and strength. And finally, is to use it. And to appreciate that people are different in their strengths. And this is from the fadla of Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given strengths to different people. Today when I walked in the masjid, I don't know about a sound system. That brother, he has the strength to know how to use the microphone to set up the camera. Someone make sure the parking lot is organized. Never underestimate, as our Imam read today, the importance of volunteering in community and bringing your strengths to the community. Man ansari ilallah. Who will help me with Allah? Who will assist me with Allah? Who will be there to help? And that's why we find the Sahaba, they did not allow the absence of means to be an excuse for seeing themselves as weak. That's why Umm Sulaim, the mother of Sayyidina Anas al when the Prophet asked for donations, she was poor, but she brought Anas to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, I did not find anything to give except my son, take my son There were not a people who gave into excuses. There were people who understood Allah has given you everything you need. So what you have, use it. But sometimes we find we don't appreciate that people articulate their strength in different ways. And at this moment, with what's happening, the massacre of Palestinians, the genocide in Palestine, everyone that has an ability should be contributing in the best way they can. That's why Yaqub said to his sons, go through different doors. Each one of them has a different talent. When people would come to the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and they would say, what's the best thing to do? He would say, you do this, different answers, because the people have different strengths. I can give an example, even on Twitch, on video games, and games like even like Minecraft and others, we're seeing young Muslims pushing the issue of Palestine. We're seeing artists, artisans, athletes, shuh, activists, Everyone is contributing to amplifying the true situation and to support and show love and consideration and dedication to people of Gaza. I say that because Gaza is an Islamic issue. Even though it impacts non-Muslims, that doesn't stop us from caring. Number one, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the virtues of this place in Hadith, Asqalan specifically, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Number two, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the first army he sent to the north, the first city that was opened was Gaza. Even before that, the Prophet's grandfather, Hashim ibn Abdul Manaf, when he would travel from Mecca to the north, where he went to the north is Gaza. That's why the real name of Gaza is what? Gaza Hashim. And that's why he's buried there. And that's why his grave is there next to a masjid. God knows if it's still there. In the Battle of Tabuk, the Christians came to the Prophet and gave him the belongings of his grandfather. And Sayyidina Abbas, he distributed amongst Bani Hashim. 
Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab built a masjid there called Masjid Umari. Yesterday its minarets were bombed. Yesterday its minarets were bombed. The first to destroy it were the crusaders. Then our Turkish brothers and sisters, as they had across the globe now, rebuilt the masjid under the Ottomans. And yesterday, again, a Sahuniya, a Shayateen, Kilab al-Nar, these dogs of hell, the Zionists, they shot at its minaret. Are there Hamas people in the minaret? Are there someone who's wanted for a crime in the minaret? This is a war on Islam. And until you admit that, you'll be weak. But it is a war against Islam and Muslimin. The history, the historical presence of Muslims. They shot at that minaret. Sayyidina Imam al-Shafi is from Gaza. He said, وَإِنِّي الْمُشْتَقُّنْ إِلَىٰ غَزَّةٍ I miss my home Gaza. خَالَتْنِي بَعْدَ تَفَرُّقِي وَخِدْمَانِ You know, it deceived me after I left it. سَعَ اللَّهُ أَرْضًا رَفْرَتْ بِتُرْبَتِهَا Then he made dua for Gaza. Sayyidina Imam Ibn Hajr, Asqalani, the name of Gaza was مُنْبِتُ الْعُلَمَاء وَالْعَارِفِينَ the place that seeds ulama and those who know Allah. So the last etiquette of quwa is to use it according to our ability and of course within the confines of the law. So if you see an opportunity to join protests, to call your governor, to tell him to pull away this BDS fascist law, to put pressure on local representation, to be honest and truthful in demanding a ceasefire, to make sure that your children at school are not being discriminated against, to stand up in the voice of liberty and truth and honesty for Palestinians in the way that you can, that conforms to the law of the land, you must. And also for Muslim governments and leaders across the globe, enough is enough. Enough is enough. At least recall the ambassadors at least close the embassies. At least support Palestinians with diplomacy. No one's asking for anyone to start a war. But at least show diplomatic, diplomatic backbone. As millions of people are now under threat of a third world war. And Christians and Muslims and other dedicated human beings in Gaza are being massacred on our social media. Because if you don't use the strength Allah gives you, He will take it from you. And if you don't use the blessing that has been given to you, it will be removed from you. And that's why the Prophet said, whoever Allah has given a ni'mah, whoever Allah has given a blessing, and they fail to use it, it will be taken from them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَحْفَضَ إِخْوَانَنَا وَأَخَوَاتِنَا بِغَزَةِ كَمَا نَسْأَلُهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَلَىٰ أَنْ يُؤَيِّدَهُمْ بِنَصْرِهِ we ask Allah to bless our brothers and sisters in Gaza. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect them and strengthen them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect the Muslim world. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect and strengthen the Muslim world. We ask Allah to bless us here as we face another round of illegal discrimination and Islamophobia. We ask Allah to bless our families and our children to protect the weakest amongst us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept those who have died in Gaza as shuhada. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase them in khair and bless them and strengthen them. 
Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab an-nar Rabbana la tuzqulubana ba'di hadaytana wa hab lana min ladunka rahma innaka antal wahhab Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin